In the first reading, the Apostle Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders. He describes his ministry and how he does not shrink away from proclaiming the word of God. The first reading is from the book of Acts, the 20th chapter. Now from Mytias, Paul was sent to Ephesus, and there he called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Christ Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay attention, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Care for the church. Showing you that by working hard in this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the responsive reading of Psalm 23. (coughs) The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our second reading, we are told that Christ is the shepherd who leads his faithful faithful to springs of water of life. Christ is also the lamb who vanquishes sin and suffering, in whose blood the saints have washed their robes and made them white. The second reading is from Revelation, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders 
and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessed and blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our forever and ever. Amen. These clothed in white robes, and where are they? Where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall no longer hunger. They shall thirst no more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. In the first reading, the Apostle Paul speaks to the Ephesian elders. He describes his ministry and how he does not shrink away from proclaiming the word of God. The first reading is from the book of Acts, the 20th chapter. Now from Mytias, Paul was sent to Ephesus, and there he called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment, and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Christ Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among you whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay attention, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Care for the church. Shown you that by working hard in this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the responsive reading of Psalm 23. <coughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our second reading, we are told that Christ is a shepherd who leads his faithful, faithful to springs of water of life. Christ is also the lamb who vanquishes sin and suffering, in whose blood the saints have washed their robes and made them white. The second reading is from Revelation, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, Blessed and gl- blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our forever and ever. Amen. These clothed in white robes, and where are they? Where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall no longer hunger. They shall thirst no more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. The gospel for today comes from John, the 10th chapter. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Here ends the gospel reading for today. You know, thinking about Mother's Day and Bible lessons, a story younger years, many years ago, and this was during her childhood, which our kids have no clue what life would have been like from like 1920 to about 1945. But she said during that time, she was telling me that there was a war and life was tough. Um, difficult years, but yet very blessed years. And she thought how, how that could be such a big contrast, but how true it was. Some of the hardest years of her life were some of the most blessed years of her life. 
She said, during those years, we didn't have technology like these guys had. They're talking about Star Wars and seeing stuff on movies. Like, like we have no, Before there were any movies anywhere like that, all they had was a radio. And that radio wasn't great. I mean, it was kind of scratchy and it didn't always show very clear. And you always had to massage the dial to make sure it was staying in the, the bandwidth. And so all they had was a radio. And she said her family would gather around this radio, particularly at times during the week when they were going to have special radio talk shows or their programs on. All kinds of shows. Maybe where this is at one class at a He's what actually can get engaged with all kinds, right? So not really anticipating a good and all the iconic the teachers get the kids to final settle down. And then when, the, when it's all set, she goes up and she goes to the, to the, the podium space and she uh, looks over to the gentleman. She says, will you come and introduce yourself? Notice that normally they introduce, but not today. On that day, she asked him to introduce himself. So he walks over to the podium and um, the kids have no idea who he is just a veteran old guy in a suit. And he says, Good morning, my dear children. And immediately, the room was like in an uproar. The kids were out of control. They were beginning to yell and scream and applaud and clap and just be all kinds of enthusiastic. In an uncontrolled way, the teachers lost control this moment. Mr. Dromros is just smiling behind this podium. He's just smiling. He's enjoying this moment. And when it finally gets a little bit less of an uproar, and he looks out to the kids and he says, and why do you cheer? You don't know me. And they, and then, like, they're one in awe. They're saying, yes, we do know you. We know your voice. And we know what's coming next. And to that, the music came. And to that came the teaching time. And they had a beautiful time with this veteran man and a chance to talk about music. But the thing that stands out again is we know you. We know your voice. And we know what's coming next. That absolutely has a lot to do with where we're at on the fourth Sunday of Easter in the Bible lesson today. That, more, that story came to mind thinking about the gospel lesson. In John chapter 10, Jesus says this. So the Jews gathered around him and they said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus says to them, I've been telling you. I've been telling you like for three years. And you don't believe. The works that I've been doing amongst you, healing and doing all these kind of things, for three years I've doing my Father's name and those acts bear witness about me. But you don't believe. You're not among my sheep. My sheep, they hear my voice. My sheep, I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. They will never perish. Not one will be snatched out of my hand. My sheep, he says. My beloved ones. They know my voice. Jesus says, they know my voice. They know what I'm about. They've been experiencing what I'm about. Even here and now, they know it about. Because they hear what I'm saying. They know what I love to talk about because I've been talking about this for years. And now some don't want to listen to me. And they don't want to hear what I have to say. And they block it out. And they don't even really want to be near me. That's their choice. And it absolutely breaks my heart. But some do. 
Oh, and how I love them. And he says, my sheep, my loved ones, they follow me. They know that I've come to set them free. That's my reason and purpose to exist. I've come to set them free. And, and I want to set them free from the people who look at them day in and day out and say, what you've been doing and how you've been doing it, it's never going to be good enough because the world's always crushing us with the ideas that you're not good enough. And he says, they're good enough for me. And I want to free them from the harsh expectations and the harsh disappointments in this world. And I set them free from the ugly wounds that are inflicted upon them by the other ones who call themselves sheep when they're just acting like wolves to devour. I've come to heal up their wounds. I want to set them free from their mistakes, from all the hours and moments they spend thinking that if I only could have and if I should have and if I would have and all the ways that those things have failed, how they failed and others have failed them. I've come to set them free from all of that. And because I've set them free, they can follow me. And they can let me take care of the important things. They get to be, well, they get to be like led sheep, loved children. And I'll tell them and I'll show them what's going to happen next. They know that I am going to pay the price to set them free. I've told them three times. I'm going to pay the price that they can come home, that they won't have to stay in a harsh place out here forever, separated from the love of a father and in a place where they actually can hurt one another. I'm going to bring them home, and in that place, there won't be any more of that. I'm going to give them a heaven, and they're going to truly be set free and live in that heaven. And no one who hears my voice and follows me to that place, not one of them will ever, ever be lost. Because I have that power and authority. I will take them home. And I will take care of them for the rest of the world. Now all that was being said during a time known as the Feast of Dedication. That was called the Feast of Dedication. How we know that Feast of Dedication today is it's called Hanukkah. Hanukkah is an eight-day celebration. It's in the month of Chislev. It's basically late November, early December. And it commemorates Judas Maccabeus, his victory over Antiochus Epiphanes. So Antiochus, he was a Greek commander of armies. He was a Greek leader. And his armies had swept down from the north and they'd taken Syria. They moved into Israel. They had taken Israel. And at this point, they were occupying the land. His armies were imposing a Greek world. All their philosophies, all their ways of life and all their teaching. And they were imposing upon the people of God this religious system and all these other gods that they could worship day in and day out about different things. And this Antiochus, he was doing this. And at the peak of this desecration, if you will, of God's land and God's people, his armies surround Jerusalem. They completely surround Jerusalem and they lay siege to the city. And when they capture the city, they kill some of the people. But more than that, they loot the holy places of everything. They go into the temple of God and there they take out all the holy things. They replace all of God's things with the Greek God lies. And the worst things of all worst things that they could ever possibly do to desecrate this holy place of God is they take a pig and they slaughter it. and They put that pig on the very altar of God. Well... Maccabeus and his brothers, 
they, it tormented them knowing what was going on. So those brothers, they gathered friends who gathered friends who gathered friends of this Jewish people, and they gathered an army, and they came back to Jerusalem, and they wrecked those Greek wrong pagan people who desecrated God's place. They freed the city. They reinstated the right religion. They, they cleaned up this altar space of God, and they, they renewed the temple of God so they could be worshipped there, and they did that, and the people would never forget They light lamps, even today, lighting the candles on those lamps to make sure that they know, even in a dark time of the year, God's light will prevail. And we are to rededicate our lives every year to our Lord and remember what it's like to be in a desecrated place and what it's like to be in a holy place. And we as God's people will never go back to desecration. Even today, they celebrate Hanukkah. Well, in that season, Jesus is in Jerusalem. They're dark days at that time. They're cold days. And just as Jerusalem was being surrounded by a Greek army and desecrated by a Greek army, Jesus is being surrounded, this time not by Greeks, but by His very own people who want to seek to destroy Him and question Him and have Him say something that they could take Him out and stone Him. In fact, verse 31, that's exactly what they want to do after this. They want to take Jesus out and they want to kill Him. Well, Jesus is being surrounded now, just like that city was. And actually in time, we remembered just five weeks ago that there was a good Friday and they did kill him. They did shame his body and desecrate his body. Put him on the cross. Ridiculed him for six hours. That's not the end of the story. Because God will prevail. The Greek story in the Jerusalem wasn't the end, nor is the desecration of Jesus the end, because there was an Easter. We remembered four weeks ago. Yes, it's already been four weeks, but four weeks ago there was an Easter. And we said as a church, Jesus Christ is risen. And everybody else said, He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. All who were baptized in the Christ are being rededicated. We are being cleansed. We are being filled with God's Spirit. These flesh and bone places are now His holy temple. And nothing will desecrate this again. We celebrated that on Easter. On Easter, the second Sunday of Easter, we remember that there was no dark place, no tomb of someone's life, where if you go into that place because it's been so fouled up and you've made so many bad decisions, that in that dark place that God won't find you. But on second Sunday of Easter, God finds them in that upper room, that tomb, and He enters them and the very first thing He says to them is peace. There's no more war between God and God's people. All the shame on all their disabandoned, they abandoned him and left him. It, that wasn't the last word. God establishes peace. He says, peace be with you. And on top of that, he breathed the Holy Spirit upon his friends in that place. Be filled, friends, with God's life. On the third Sunday of Easter, they're by the side of a lake. They had been fishing all night. They caught nothing. He says, throw the net over to the other side. They shouldn't have caught anything, but they caught 153 fish. So many of their nets should have broke. They drag it to shore. And once again, they see a Jesus, a son of God who is going to serve them. On the third Sunday of Easter, remember that he has prepared coal fires. He's prepared food for them. The son of God who has risen from the dead is once again serving humankind. And on top of that, he reinstates them. Peter, he denied him three times. So around a coal fighter, Peter denied Jesus. Around a coal fire, Jesus would say, Peter, do you love me? Three times and three times, each time saying, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. 
We remember that last week. This week we got Easter 4. And we remember that Jesus is a good shepherd. A good shepherd. And those that, who love Him and know who He is, that's the one they follow. They hear His voice. And they choose to follow. He knows who they are. He knows them. And He knows the ones who aren't there. He knows the millions that He's talked to that will hear His voice and will just discard Him because they're too busy with their lives and their agendas and they're so distracted with the evil of this world and He knows that they're not going to listen and it breaks His heart. He wants them all home. He wants them all in His flock. But He knows some will say no. Either way, He will gather those that want Him close and they will anticipate being with Him in heaven, which is where we get in the book of Revelation today. See, our gospel lesson, we could have had that read early and had the book of Revelation read at the very end after the gospel lesson because that's how it kind of fits. In the book of Revelation, it's kind of like the school children on that day, a long time ago. It's like they know the voice and they know what's next. The book of Revelation tells all those disciples and the book of Revelation tells you and I exactly what is next. We'll wait till here we go. What's next is this. I'm going to read the words. These are the ones that are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes. They have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God. They will serve Him day and night. They will be in His temple serving day and night. And He who sits on the throne, He will shelter them with His very presence. They will hunger no more. They will thirst no more. The sun will not strike them by day, nor any scorching heat. The Lamb of God is in the midst of that throne, and He will be their shepherd. And He will guide them to springs of living water forever. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. They hear the voice and they know what's next. We are the children of God. We have been listening to Jesus' voice. On this day, we just don't hear the voice when we gather here, but we're to have the next step. We're to anticipate what's coming next because He's been telling us about what's coming next. Even in Psalm 23, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hundreds of years before Jesus ever walked, those people have been thinking about what comes next. So on this day, yes, we hear the voice of Jesus. But that's not how it ends. It ends with all people that listen to this voice. With the ability to be loved and forgiven and cherished. Boy, if only we would just cherish each other, right? In heaven that happens. We will be cherished. Church, we are to know this to be true. We are to believe this to be true. We are to trust that this is true. And we are to help everybody who is not in churches on any given day come to a house of God where they can at least hear the truth. Invite all of them to come home. So that all of us can celebrate what's coming next. When that great day comes, God help us be His church. Amen. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In our offertory prayer we say together, Good Shepherd, you keep us safe in your word through day and night. You strip away any enemy if we focus on your righteousness. You never lead us astray. Your goodness and mercy overflows in our lives. May these gifts you have blessed us with support ministries that bring others into your heavenly fold. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. O God, our loving shepherd, you come to us with the strength and love of a father and the tender mercies, patience, and protection of a loving mother. We pray for wounded families. Heal all members of this faith family and all who put their trust in you for all their todays and all their tomorrows. Help us to show your loving kindness to the world through our hands, our words, our deeds, and our hearts. Make us instruments of your peace and grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Wipe away the tears of your people. Bring comfort and healing to the sick and those suffering in mind or body. Give peace to the dying and comfort to the grieving. Today we remember those named in the prayer request and those we name silently in our hearts. Let them feel the tender, loving arms of the shepherd around them as they endure their afflictions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, who is trustworthy and true, you give us pastors to speak your word on your behalf. We ask that you bless this congregation with vision for the future and reverence for the past. Reveal to us and help us understand the church you want Emmanuel Lutheran to be. Help us to know you better and to make you known to those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear Into your hands, Heavenly Father, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.